Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like getting a visit from Santa. Ah, but with a lot more ho-ho-hos. There's a fill your stocking gag there, isn't there? But I can't, I can't find it. I can't find it. My name is Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda Christmas Kane. Uh, <laughs> coming up. <laughs> every year. I forget that every, every year. year. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> coming up. What's coming up? What's coming up? We are going to be talking to a podcast host, someone who knows a lot about the oldest profession. Hello, my name is Caitlin Bailey. I am the host of the Oldest Profession podcast and the founder and CEO of Old Pro Productions. The Oldest Profession is a podcast which looks into the lives of old pros, sex workers throughout the whole of history, and even a few deities, covering the good, the bad, and at least one Melania Trump. Please welcome the host, Caitlin Bailey. Oh my God, that's the best. Thank you so much. I'm going to put that on my tombstone. Oh man, that's... Oh, that's not appropriate. That is a fun, fun and accurate description. Yes. The whole, the whole of history. Yeah. We like, we're just, we're just now recording an episode on Lilith, uh, wind succubus and first wife mate of Adam, uh, and like for the original OG nasty woman, I was like, Oh, we've been saying that we're equal the whole time. And then you just conveniently erase that bitch from history. What did you think we weren't going to notice? Like I, whatever. I'm so, it makes me so mad. I think back on my Bible school days where like the main message was that like, it, it's, it's really easy for women to be gross. Yeah. Just like a little bit too much sex. And it's like, ah, oh, you're, you're demon now. And I was like, oh man, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm going to nerd out on history, but that's, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Is that one of the reasons why you started the podcast? Cause you were just fucking angry. Because I wouldn't yeah. blame you. No, no, no. This, this, like so many of my creative projects, is the product of rage and spite. Uh, <laughs> that is, yep. I, um, I'm, I'm not one of those like Zen creatives. That's like, oh, just get in touch with like what you want. No, no, no. Everything I've ever done has been a fuck you watch this endeavor. So uh, that's been true of my first tour, uh, my first one woman show, <laughs> Contagious. Uh, <laughs> the oldest profession podcast and now whores I view. It's a theme actually throughout my creative life. <laughs> yeah. So for, so in this particular case, it, uh, the oldest profession podcast happened because my agent who I de- immediately fired after this <laughs> sent me to LA to sit down with a dude to pitch a television show about sex workers from history. And this guy's pitch comedy ho where I would be uh, a sex working comedian that like, I don't know, maybe every fifth episode or something, we'd do some history stuff. That's weird. It's so that anyone would even think that that was, uh... that was funny. And so, and he was like, and MGM is ready to buy it. And I was like, you're kidding. And, uh, and I was like, no, and I was like, yeah, well like, you know, you get you looking sexy. And I was like, I feel like we're all going in the very wrong direction. So I wanted more power and control over the stories that I was telling and the way that I was telling those stories. And the only thing that I could afford to make was a podcast. So I bullied my, my then boyfriend, now husband into buying me podcast equipment because I couldn't actually afford that. 
And then um, I started the show with my uh, girlfriend and fellow old pro comic, Wendy Starling, uh, in his living room. Um, and the first season, we were really like, a, we were a comedy podcast. Like I was trying to sell like a drunk history version of like something like this, like thinking thinking of the podcast as an early pitch packet. And then Sesta Fosta happened in the US, uh, which was a law that Donald Trump uh, signed in 2018 that tried to, arrest, uh, tried to erase sex workers from the internet, which is where we had gone to find so much uh, agency, so much um, control over our own business and, uh, and abilities to schedule and screen clients. Like it, the internet was great. For sex workers until it wasn't until it became um a surveillance tool you know and so and and i sort of watched that transition and as a comic right we're, we're free speech advocates right we're, we're we're big first amendment people right uh <laughs> us professional clowns right and just gestures and mm-hmm. and whores have always gotten together we've always hung out at court i've always imagined like we've been out back behind the castle like passing a joint back and forth like the king's whore and the king's clown, like just <laughs> yes. whatever. So that's how I imagine all of all of history. <laughs> yeah. So Sesta Fosta happened and I got real radicalized and I became more political and the the tone and the nature and the scope of the podcast changed. And so um I took a position uh as you know director of communications at decriminalized sex work for two years and learned a lot about uh fundraising and how laws are passed and and how to change the minds of American voters, right? Not just, in, in addition to like how to build an audience, right? Which is what being a comedian is. Uh, that's not what being a comedian is. I'm sorry. I, I, feel like, I, I feel like I felt every comedian in the world collectively roll their eyes at me. Being a comedian is making somebody have a visceral response with their body every 15 seconds with just the words that come out of your mouth. But one of the tools of being a successful comedian is learning how to build an audience. And the ways to be a a successful political advocate is, is how to change people's minds, which I think are different tools. And so now the oldest profession is really trying to use our history. The fact, the fact that we, the fact that selling sex is older than money right? The fact that we are a part of every imaginable story, that if you look for us, we are there. Using just that fact to change the way that people think about sex workers today, because we still exist and we will continue to exist and we will always exist, and maybe get to a place where we can write some laws that are not just like batshit banana pants insane, which is what we've been doing for at least 100, if not 6,000 years. So yeah, that's my that's my speech on the oldest profession podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you, so thank you everyone for, for coming us. to Caitlin's TED Talk. And that was Caitlin's <laughs> TED Talk. Um, uh, great, good talk, guys. Anyway, I'm sorry. Who are you? Is uh, good morning. Uh, Try the veil. This, by the way, this is what I'm like at parties, uh, which is not fun. <laughs> like, so, like, so yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Of don't worry. Don't so worry. Trump passed the laws that made you um, feel that you wanted to get more um, active against what yeah, was going no. on. How do we think Biden will house? What's Biden's history in terms of support? Great question. Yeah, no, Trump radicalized me because it was like watching my drunk uncle become president. Uh, and like, and every mm. abuser like that I've ever, and, and, and also there was just something like in my personal history, I don't know if this is the right, in comedy, also took like my my personal relationship with comedy took like a real hard misogynistic turn to the right and i was like oh guys i'm out (laughs) so you know that sort of things those things happen personally but in terms of biden i think biden suffers 
the uh, like the way that I phrase American politics around sex work is that like Republicans and conservatives just have a fetish for like cracking down on sex stuff. Like it, it seems like it's coming from like a real yeah. sadistic place. Uh, and liberals have an impulse to aggressively try to help um, a population that they can't be bothered to understand. And I feel like that is where the co- the Biden-Harris like fallacy, and they can do some real harm to sex workers by conflating consensual adult sex work with the horrible crime of human trafficking. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of punitive carceral investigative solutions to crack down on trafficking that is just going to result, as we've seen it result a thousand times, um, in and incarcerating adult consensual sex workers. And I think like the best mm. example of this, and I, I just love it because like it happened to get a lot of press because it happened to have like a famous and rich person involved, but Robert Kraft being arrested in South Florida for paying a 45-year-old woman to massage like a different part of his body is the silliest and dumbest thing that like managed to be a news cycle in 2020. Yeah, I just don't I don't want liberal Democrats or voters to to believe that their good intentions are enough to prevent them from causing harm. And that the, the answer here is to listen to sex workers and to really prioritize actually stopping the arrests. Stop the arrests. First thing. One of the things uh, about your podcast that you try and do is to eliminate and confront what we call horophobia yep. um, by reminding listeners that sex workers have always been part of history. Can you yes. just explain what you mean by horophobia to our lovely, oh, lovely sure, listeners? Yeah. No, horophobia is this, um, it's a misogynistic belief that like women that sell sex, it, and, it's, and the, the visual is always women, of course, all genders sell sex, right? Are like gross and yucky and viscerally repulsive. It's that visceral feeling. It's the same thing with homophobia, right? So like my my father, I think is an example of this on, on both counts actually. Of like he wouldn't describe himself as a homophobic person. He was a man who was arguing like in the 90s and early 2000s of like, I don't have a problem with gay people. I just don't want it shoved in my face because it makes me feel sick to my stomach. I don't like the thought of butt sex, which is what I immediately think of as soon as you say the word gay because of homophobia, which has been this like construct over time to attach all of these yucky, false uh, stereotypes onto um, the story. It's the story we think we know that gets in the way of the story of what is, I would say. With like homophobia, racism, yeah. And it's also something that I find is within the sex worker community itself is that you'll get a lot of people who are like, oh, no, 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 I'm a dominatrix or I'm a sugar baby. I don't actually have the sex or, you know. In the the sex work world, we call that whorearchy, which is uh, (laughs) very silly and funny. One of my favorite tweets in the world uh, when like um, all of these actresses like Dunham and Amy Schumer, and I think like uh, a couple like legends, right, um, came out and said uh, we're supporting Sesta Fosta, and we're talking about you know nobody chooses this. And I was like, oh, Hollywood actresses are so high up on the hierarchy they don't even realize they're a part of it. Like, and that's and that's sort of how I feel about like Melania Trump. Um, There are a lot of sugar babies out there that are like, I'm not a prostitute, I'm a courtesan, and it's like. 
bitch, we all got burned on the same stake. So like, you may as well get down here and start fighting for your rights. <laughs> How much trouble do you get in? I, as a child, well, I was an only child, <laughs> uh, which meant that I had, I have a lot of power over my parents, right? Cause it's like, they have to get on board with my weird choices or be alone for Christmas, right? Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of power in a family. Uh, so, and I was raised by a soldier. When you're raised by somebody who has killed people for money, like it, you I mean, like there's only so far you can go before you both get to an impasse. It's just like, ah, I love feeling weird and heartless. It's, I kind of admire, <laughs> I really admire it. I admire that bravery. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have girlfriends of mine, you know, I, I've been hanging out with more writers and comics and like writers are just like more sensitive, I think, than, than comics are, right? Comics are kind of a, we're, we're the boxer of the arts, you know, and, um, and, 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 and yeah, and writers are sensitive souls. And so, you know, some poor person who does amazing work and has a, a genius book out and, and does like, you know, incredible thought provoking stuff in, in the kink community was reading her comments and getting really upset what like strangers on the internet were writing under what, you know, like under her videos and, and articles and magazines. And like, I masturbate to that stuff. And so like, I just can't understand <laughs> being bothered or upset by somebody who you made hate your shit, right? Like poke, I've been trying to poke that bear my whole life. That's, I am here to upset my enemies, not delight my fuck you like me <laughs> fuck you thanks for buying my shit you know buy a sweatshirt like listen to my podcast I, i'm gonna write a book but i'm actually here to upset my dead drunk uncle not so i don't know who my fans are like i'm here to provoke i'm totally <laughs> sending you some decaf i'm okay. honestly gonna get you just <laughs> just a little gift from me to you <laughs> It's totally going to help. What do you want? What, what, what would be the, the, the dream for you in terms of what your work provokes? So your, your podcast, what do you want listeners to, to be entertained and, like, and learn? But kind of what's their take home? What would you love? Oh, man. I just like, I, I mean, I feel like the big lie that I just want to eradicate and like explode in people's minds is that little boys, when they go out into the world, become better men. And little girls, when they go out and experience the world, become diminished or devalued in some way. I want people to realize that like people of all genders are just like on their own journey and like it's all okay. We are not diminished by the sex that we have or the sex that is done to us. Life is messy and complicated for everyone. And this, because these are the people that are, you're featuring in your podcast, are people that you, a lot of them are people that I don't think you would expect um, that were sex workers. So you've got, uh, you focus on people like Maya Angelou, Marilyn Monroe, and even mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. Right, yes. So do you think a lot of people would be surprised at all these A-listers that now have been, I, have had successful careers? It always surprises me. Like, I don't think, I don't think that like Sylvester Stallone I, ha, has or should identify first and foremost as a sex worker. I said Sylvester Stallone is an example of a dude who engaged in temporary survival sex work in order to get to his next thing, right? Which was like making Rocky, right? Marilyn Monroe has always been, I think, very explicit about her sex work, right? There was the Playboy spread. She talked about engaging in escort work. There was a, she, she sort of talked about being an actress, the way that people talk about being a sex worker. And I do think that there's a lot of like natural overlap there, but like I, that, the fact that people are like, 
what do you mean Marilyn Monroe was a sex worker? And I'm like, what do you mean Marilyn Monroe wasn't a sex worker? Like, what are you talking about? And then with Maya Angelou, Maya Angelou wrote her own history, right? She's a woman who has authored, I think, six incredible biographies or memoirs and has been explicit about all of the different ways that she engaged in sex work throughout her work. She worked as a madam. Uh, as she self-described herself as a pimp. Um, she worked in um, in a brothel. She herself was exploited uh, by by somebody who was manipulating her into engaging in this work. Like Maya Angelou has been in like what we would consider like the very, the, the st- I don't want to say stereotypical, but like, when you think about what a sex worker is, Maya Angelou was involved in that, right? And, and, and never made a secret about that, but that was erased from her own history. It's like people decided it was impolite to bring it up in casual conversation, but like Maya Angelou never turned away or shied away from that part of her history. She, she told us to know our history and is one of our, you know, one of our first episodes. And I think it's like a guiding light uh, for this podcast of like, get in there, understand this legacy that we are all a part of something that a lot of people always ask me is always like well what what do you define sex work as because mm-hmm. you've got quite a broad church of the people that you feature so oh, yeah what do you well define I mean, sex work as on the oldest profession i have very explicitly i'm trying to build a political revolution of angry whores right so like i i want to include ev- everyone right like hooters waitresses right foot footage fet- uh foot fetish models, BDSM, legal, criminalized, you know, like uh, 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 marriages that also come with contract negotiations, you know, like I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, right? like if there's a lot of extra I mean, there goes Melania Trump again. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the way that that bitch renegotiated her, her prenup was an old pro move. And like, that's, I think the nicest thing that I can say about her. <laughs> have you heard from her lawyers how did she yeah how did she um, re- renegotiate her prenup she what did, did she it do? while she was sitting her pretty butt in new york while the whole country lost their collective right. goddamn mind that she, she wasn't in move. dc she just didn't move yeah she was just yeah, like i'm okay. not getting out of bed for <laughs> yeah yeah she's like oh, i have more there's leverage a lesson now. there it's a lesson there? yeah so anyway. There's several lessons there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. Just don't. Have you considered just not? There's a lot of power in just not, which is also the story of Lilith. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, you know, when, when we say decriminalize sex work, what we're talking about is decriminalize adult consensual prostitution, right? Because that's the criminalized form. And that's a very sort of like narrow legal, legal definition. Uh, but when we say sex worker, we are talking about anyone who engages erotic labor in exchange for money or something of value, right? So whether you're dating for dinner or, uh, you know, um, working um, as a cam girl or engaging um, as an erotic dancer, like there's a, there's a really broad scope um, of people who, what I think it really comes down to is people who have suffered because of horphobia, right? If anyone has ever threatened to take your kids away because of the work that you do, whether it's, you know, working as a stripper, working as an escort, or, uh, you know, working as a Hooters waitress, right? Like, I'm confident that there are people out there 
that, uh, you know, use their cleavage to get tips and have been slut shamed by their mother over it. And like in a custody battle, the idea has been floated, right? That like, maybe you're too slutty to raise a kid. And that is an idea that I think plagues uh, victims of domestic violence, right? That accusation is her, people are called whores whether they ever engage in sex work or not. And I think that that is the big recognition that like- But your definition is so broad. Yes. Just, so did you say uh, dates for dinner? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's kind of everyone, isn't it? I mean, everyone should get on board with not <laughs> arresting grown-ups for doing adult <laughs> things with each other. That's a weird tent to want to be in. Come over to the other side, decriminalize sex work. It's wrong and dumb, and it hasn't resulted in any positive outcomes. Unless you like putting people in cages, <laughs> in which case there are like healthier expressions for that. <laughs> Mary, what are the differences between the sex work regulations or kind of uh, protection in the UK as opposed to America? Do you know? So, yeah, so here it's classed as legalised, which means we can work, but there's a very strong um, rules around it. So we can't, you can't have two women, and it is women, you can't have two women working together under one roof. So, you know. <laughs> no friends allowed. You can't have that. <laughs> No friends allowed, so you have to work That's in solitary. In America, <laughs> it's 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 so bizarre, and in America, it's just totally um, it's it's totally criminalized. So, except, except in Nevada, where we have a very similar situation, where it's 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 very highly regulated. It's legalized in in some counties mm. in Nevada, but in Nevada, uh, it's the only state with legal regulated prostitution. And it also has the highest arrest rate per capita for prostitution. I think that legalization and regulation and worker protection is a primrose path to a dystopian nightmare that only brothel owners, that, that are, that's only good for brothel owners. I really believe that. And I, and I think the best analogy is like, you know, imagine, I know that, that Britain also went through a, went through a period of like criminal, criminalizing homosexuality, right? Where it was, it was illegal to be a gay person. And then when we stopped arresting people for being gay, um, we didn't create like this new bureaucratic arm of the government where you have to like fill out a bunch of forms to do butt stuff with your buddy. We just stopped arresting consensual adults for engaging in consensual adult activity, period, because it's weird and wrong to arrest people for that. And I think that is the foundational belief that we should like sex work is work, but it is also sex. And I think that we should not be arresting people for engaging in consensual um, adult sexual activity with each other, whether money is exchanged or not, that the exchange of money does not like it, it turn a neutral or mostly positive thing into an evil and dark and corrupting and violent thing. That's money's not that powerful. <laughs> so your podcast has evolved from, like you said, this sort of like um, more loose uh, into being a bit more radical. Yes. Yeah. You could hear me get radicalized on the podcast. Right. Like I start as just like a struggling working <laughs> comic, like ping ponging around in New York and get to a place of like, you know, listen to sex workers, stop being arrest. Listen to sex workers, stop being arrest. Like, you know, like it's yeah. Yeah. Do you miss like a bit more putting a bit more comedy in there? Or are you it is still like, funny. Nope, I found my path? Or... Yeah, no, I get to say come on most episodes. <laughs> so that's like, you know, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's but I'm not it's not a comedy first podcast, right? Like that is no longer the first mission. Um, it's like comedy 
fourth, but I didn't lose those skills. I still, I still think of myself as biting satirist, which I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah. And also that's best. That resonates more. Uh I think it, I think that's better. I I like the ratio. Where do you go with it all though? Where you, here's the problem. If you're going to get the legislation you want and everything, everything that's in place, what are you going to do? What are you going to talk about? What, what do you mean? Well, if, if you get all the legislation in place that you wanted, what's, you, what's going to be your thing? Oh, I'll just make fun of my husband on the stand-up circuit. Like oh, else. my God. Like, can I ask you something? <laughs> yeah, what? Can I ask you something? Yeah. I've watched... Miranda loved me asking this question. So last night I couldn't sleep. So, Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so I watched <laughs> an entire series of a Drop British... Drop me out. <laughs> a British drama... <laughs> called Dr. Foster. You don't need to know details. You don't need to give me any spoilers if you've seen it. Anyway, <laughs> all the men in it cheat. Do you think all men cheat, Caitlin? It, 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 no, maybe. I don't know. That's not the questions that keep me up at night. I don't... Really? Yeah. I, my <laughs> husband cheating doesn't raise my blood pressure. Like What? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that fidelity is the best expression of commitment. My husband and I are partners. I trust him as a partner. We're building a thing together. I trust him as a co-parent. I trust him as a co-business owner. I trust him as like a co-facilitator of like meals and logistics and like the person that I do my day-to-day business with. But like, no, the thought of him sticking his dick into somebody else isn't the thing that keeps me up at night. Him growing contemptuous of me or, uh, you know, no longer becoming a trustworthy partner because of like, you know, addiction or mental health issues um, or, or physical stuff uh, or the planet, you know, sort of disrupting the thing that we've built, right? Like now I'm a property owner. So I'm like, you know, so like that, that those are the kinds of fears that that plague me of like, the scariness of the outside world. But like, I stand next to my husband as a partner of his, like whether he fucks somebody else or not. And I assume vice versa, that that's not the existential threat. You see, I'm listening to you and I'm Uh, hearing your words. And I know what you're saying. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then inside, I can Uh, That's cool. That's okay. (laughs) I, I, I hear that. And like, I can't, I cannot stress this enough. You should do your marriage however you want, right? Like, like, no, but he's going to cheat on me. Well, um, I hope that he doesn't. Thank you. Uh, but I, yes. do, but I if will you're going to use that voice on him, then yes. But if he does, I hope that is, I hope that it is with a sex worker because I think that that is a cleaner, yeah. a cleaner break than like yeah. getting like a neighbor God or God forbid, a fucking colleague or somebody in your shared social circle or somebody that you have to, that's, that's fucking nightmares, right? Where you're yeah. like, God damn it. I have to negotiate with this person that I want to claw with my animal body. But like yes. sex workers, they, mm-hmm. you shapeshift the fuck out of your life. Thank you for clearing that up for yeah. me. Yeah. Half the payment is to, well, basically most of the payment is to fuck yeah. off at the end and yeah. never <laughs> talk to them ever again. Um, I, if you could have anyone from history on your podcast, because you do have a range of guests. Um, the last one I listened to, you had the lovely Dr. Fletcher. Um, and she, very interesting. Dr. Fletcher is the and historian you, for the Oldest Profession podcast. Yeah. She researches all of our episodes now. And so she's, she's going to be, she's hosting like every, I think every, uh, every fourth episode is the, is the old pro panel that she's, we'll have invited guests and, and uh. experts on. So it's like the, we do the three episodes, right? And then, at the end, you get to come to mm. Dr. Charlene Fletcher's seminar on, you know, old pro podcast school. 
There are no quizzes. But if you could have any old pro from history on the panel, who would you have? Oh man. Uh, so like, can I make, can I make mythical people real? And can I make people that don't speak English yeah. speak English? Cause I'm, or like, that, yeah. okay. Yeah. You're on the dream panel. Yeah. I'm on the dream panel. In the TARDIS. Anything can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to, I, I feel very biased because I'm in it right now. So it's like the thing that is just top of mind, but like, I want to talk to Lilith. I want to be in the, pre- I want to know Lilith. No, I want to mm. fuck Lilith. I think is like, uh, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and in terms of like history stuff and, and, and knowing and understanding, um, you know, people and, and how they, I think selfishly, I want to talk to Margot St. James here in the US. Who's Margot St. James? Um, she started uh, Coyote, the call out your old tired ethics in the US and, and was a, a very early sex worker advocate in the 1970s. She like, made a lot of shit happen from nothing. Um, she's, she, and her story is fascinating because she wasn't a sex worker, but she got arrested for being a sex worker because she was just like, slutty and like this free love like you know kind of thing and so like the police of san francisco arrested her for being a prostitute and she's like but i'm not a prostitute and they were like close enough and she's like no 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 this matters and so she like went to law school and like dedicated the rest of her life to being like not only am i not a prostitute but arresting people for this fake non-crime is all you know so she's she's cool and then victoria woodhall uh who's the first woman to run for president um, here in the US uh, and she was she was an old pro too the, um, every time you say Lilith uh, I think you mean Fraser's wife oh yeah she's absolutely <laughs> I'd love to meet her yeah the 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 harpy uh, harpy succubus um, reach owl is like yeah yeah definitely I'm sure the writers knew what they were doing <laughs> have you ever got in trouble so have you ever talked about someone on the podcast um, and like their lawyers have got involved. I mean, no, how, we're not that you know I mean? big. We're not okay. that famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. Yeah, we're not nearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It, if for for anybody of any substance to go after us, would it like their publicist is like you can't kick a homeless puppy. That's not. What are you doing? That's not. <laughs> <laughs> quiz time. Quiz time. Uh, quiz time. <laughs> quiz time. Okay, I've written this just for you, Caitlin. Oh wow! Uh, I've written a little game. Uh, and it's how well do you know your sex workers? Uh, uh, otherwise known as, because it's coming up to Christmas, so otherwise known as Ho Ho Who. That's, oh, wow. <laughs> Thank oh, you. What a stretch. See, I, I you. loved your intro. So you can let me down on this quiz and, we'd, and I still have all the respect. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm basically going to describe in quick succession, I'm going to describe five... Uh, sex workers that you have featured on the oldest profession and we're going to see how many you can get okay bb i want you to put the pressure on you're going to time this see how oh. long what she can do it, it with? Oh. um your massive brain okay? I, am, I am bad right. at names okay all right okay uh, she has how long do you want to give her a minute two minutes a minute a minute, okay. All right, a loose minute, shall we say. A New a York minute. minute. A New York minute. <laughs> Tell me when you're okay. starting. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Ready? 
go. She symbolically castrated priests and provoked and pardoned her followers' sins. You get an extra point for pronunciation on this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. The lead role in the soft core and the soft core porn film Party at Kitty and Studs is that is that the Italian Stallion? Is that Sylvester Stallone? Yes, correct. An expert fencer, opera singer who dabbled in grave robbery and burnt down a nunnery. Is that Phoebe Lynch? Oh my God, I I remember this episode and she's fantastic, and I cannot remember her name. Thirty seconds. Not Maggie Miller. We can come back to it. Okay. Should we come back to it? Yeah, let's come back to it. Iconic pinup and bondage model who became an evangelical Christian. Correct. Suffragette, stockbroker, first female president candidate. Victoria Woodhull. Ten seconds left. Do you want to go back to expert fencer, opera singer who dabbled in grave robbery? And like scroll through the episodes and like recognize her. Is that (laughs) cheating? That's probably cheating. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably Five. Oh, yeah, no, no, I can't do this. I don't. Three. I don't, I, Maggie Meller. No. no, no, no. She's a sword uh, fighter. I can't, I'm sorry. I feel like, oh God, she's going to haunt uh, me now. She's going to visit uh, me in my dreams and be mad at me for not, for dishonoring her memory. Who is she? You are going to get haunted by Majuli Diopni. Well, oh, never mind. Julie I was never going to be able to pronounce Diopne. that bitch's name. Never mind. That's why I erased it from my memory. <laughs> my French producer coached me through that whole thing and I left. And just like my French class was like, fuck it. I'm not, no. Flush <laughs> from my brain. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Okay. Nah, never mind. I stand by that. That's like that had we did to, to Rook. The, like the, we did a client uh, where uh, the French painter uh, is like Henry, the guy, he was in, he's like plays a oh, role. To lose the track. Yes, to lose the track. Right. Yeah. That's another name where I was just like, the unpronounceable. Blah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you got you got the Mesopotamian goddess, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's, it's well, I practice that for that's, that, that's been etched into my brain. That's yeah. What there's, does Caitlin <laughs> win, Miranda? Caitlin wins respect, love, sure, and sure. dignity. So well I done. She well done. Hard cash. Brilliant. I prefer hard cash. Forget that. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I was... oh, if only we had any. Oh, okay, then what's next? What's next for you? And what's next for the podcast? Oh yeah, well we're finishing out the mm. year uh, with uh, with Lilith for the ho 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 holidays, right? Because she's like from the Bible, but at least but it doesn't it doesn't actually work. <laughs> she's not a very Christmas. Day. She you know a devil wind demon that like eats babies and rapes men is like not. Not really perfect for the holiday spirit. My, pro- so, my producer tried to talk me out of it the whole time. And I was like, no, the ho, ho, ho holidays. We're doing the biblical character of Lilith. And so that's, that's, but that's fun. exactly the same description that that's exactly the same description that BB's got on her. Okay. Cupid. Profile. It's so weird. You, you call her that. So oh, magic. Um, so we're doing that. And yeah. And then we've got, and then we've got our first big event coming up January 25th, Ooh. which is the, uh, the old pro Ooh. project. January 25th is the anniversary of the first sex worker led protest in the U S which happened in 1917. And so we, are funding an art build in five cities across the U.S. Uh, to celebrate local sex worker history, and there's going to be a big social media bonanza uh, about that. So mark your calendars, January 25th. You're going to want to be spending a lot of time on Instagram because it's going to be amazeballs. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Caitlin. Where can people uh, download you and find out more information? You can you can check out the Oldest Profession podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can just search for it. We also have a great website where you can check out the whole team and uh, Dr. Fletcher's annotated bibliography and lots of extra resources at the Oldest Profession podcast 
com, And you can follow us on social media uh, at Old Pro Podcast and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, every month we send up a roundup of sex worker rights related news. Um, and so if you're new to the topic, it's a great way to get um, an intro with a couple of chuckles. Baby. Yes. Have you learned anything? Yeah, I kind of... Because you and I have talked about this before, and I love that, um, oh, I can't remember what Kate said, that hierarchy, but using the word whore instead, hoariarchy. I can't remember it. Anyway. Hoariarchy, hoariarchy. hoariarchy. Um, <laughs> and it's just so interesting what is what is described as sex work and how, you know, how wide that mm. definition can be. Because there could be an argument for kind of, you know, I know people say that, you know, even within relationships, sex is used as a bartering tool. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, is you know, what mm. is it? What isn't it? And yeah, I just, I just, it's super interesting. I like that she brings the history in. I love the politics of it. Um, she's brilliant. I love her energy. Um, someone get her yeah. a decaf. I mean, she's absolutely brilliant. And I, th- I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I am. I'm just worried that she's. I just don't want any legal action to happen to her. Because <laughs> I mean, is Caitlin going to be outing people? But then, is it to be outed? <laughs> Did Caitlin say in um, in your quiz, and you must you must patent that, by the way, it's brilliant. Um, that thank you, Betty, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Was it Betty Page? Betty Page. See, yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm like, whoa, to all these stories, and all these people. Maya Angelou. I didn't know. I know. That. Yeah, there were some fascinating people that she's that she's uh, featured on the show. So, uh, and and like I said, like I like it because it's not the sensationalizing. Oh, their sex lives, or uh, who was what was the weirdest uh, appointment they'd ever had. It's it's like, look, here are people that you don't suspect have the sex industry have a sex industry past. And yeah, there is a broad church of what you can count as a sex worker but fuck it like it starts with something and whether that is being a hooters waitress or going into full service one-on-one escorting like it it is all part of the same spectrum and I think it's really fascinating that she's looking at their histories and and letting people know that uh, that they're out there and yeah that's they're part of history what's the end goal of it and and when you when you've talked about it what's your end goal what what do both of you want i think the end goal is to always get rid of stigma and stereotyping and to humanize sex work uh so that we can get to a point where when someone says they're a sex worker you don't get that idea of horophobia where you think you must do loads of butt stuff and also it would make it decriminalized so it means that people go yes that's a job that's why we use the term sex work so that we can say this is a job it's like any other we still do taxes we still uh, and even if you don't do a tax even if you don't do taxes like it's it's still a job and therefore it deserves to be safe uh, for everyone involved so so yeah it's um it that it, i think is one of the main goals for me personally but there might be a lot of other sex workers out there who who disagree or uh you know it's all a very personal thing I think. super interesting and it is a real eye opener it really is it's um yeah my podcast sounds great i mean is her podcast as good as ours oh god no no okay great, <laughs> great. my name is bb lynch i am the creator of the quiz ho ho who miranda kane <laughs> 
<laughs> Good Sex, Bad Sex, was produced by Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk. Uh, get in touch with us. Uh, you can find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Good Sex, Bad Sex, uh, Instagram, pretty much the same. Just Google us. We're everywhere. <laughs> and we're doing a listener special. Um, and so if you have a sexy question or query or dilemma or an embarrassing sex story or embarrassing dating story, we can straddle sex and love, can't we? Um, and if you want to let yeah. me know if, if every man's going to cheat, um, do get in touch. <laughs> and Miranda and I will give you, honestly, the amount of respect and attention you deserve. Fuck all. Yeah, absolutely yeah. none. None yeah, whatsoever. None at all. Info at sexpod.co.uk. And we will see you next week. 